0: Hi everyone it's sam nft statistics and this is your proof daily nft countdown Lots to talk about today. I was just like ready with my show, let's go at nine o'clock and then suddenly Blur dropped some news. So we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about some other stuff, doodles, a little bit with Yuga. Let's get right into a quick market overview first though. Starting out with volumes, kind of hitting all time, not all time lows, but really long-term lows. We, you know, these numbers keep getting lower and lower and they did it again over the weekend. Market share about 65% with Blur, 25% with OpenSea, uh, the rest in the middle there. Pepe, you know, NFTs have been weak. There hasn't been a lot of volume, but Pepe has been completely on fire. You can see here the fully diluted market cap now at $508 million, up about 80% over the past 24 hours. You know, I talked about this first on my show when it was a $42 million market cap. And I said, you know what? It kind of feels like we missed it. And now it's up more than 10x in two weeks Crypto's built different. We know that. But, anyways, congrats to everybody who's been involved there. A little bit about what drove that run, 90%, what that 90% run. Listing on OKX, uh, I think that you know, I think that when you open it up to a new market, especially when a lot of the market is in Asia, you know, that can really lead to a huge pump. But really, any location can lead to a huge pump, but I think that opening really drove a lot of this movement. In terms of Blur ETH volumes, you can see we're kind of back to where we were before airdrop season two started. I put that pink arrow in there though, because last time they made a big announcement, you saw that massive something like 10x increase in volumes. We just got a new announcement. Let's see what happens. Curious to see. How- out, plays out. They said they're going to shake things up. We'll get to that in a second. Open C volumes here. This chart goes all the way back to June, 2021. You can see that we're basically at the lowest levels we've been since then. So I keep saying that, but they keep going lower. So that's where we are right now. In terms of pricing over the weekend, large cap index down about half of 1% and basically flat. Uh, this run actually, if you go back, uh, if you go back eight weeks, this chart like eight weeks roll eight week rolling returns just in ETH terms. Obviously, we're doing better in US dollar terms, but just in ETH terms, you can see that this has been basically the worst run for that large cap index, other than the Luna collapse. So the Luna collapse, when kind of every risk asset came unwound, that was really the worst move we've seen in this index in a while. Or and it basically, as long as I've I've kept it, but the run we've had over the past eight weeks is right down there with it. So really curious to see how this new in, in this new kind of lending, if that if that helps turn things around in terms of components, what was up, what was down. Doodles was up big, uh, Moonbirds was up big, V Friends and Board Club both down a fair bit over the weekend. Now, one thing about these big rallies that we saw in those collections, and you know, I always like when I see a big rally, I always want to see who are the buyers. And you can see here that both the two biggest buyers and Moonbirds. Unfortunately, you know, seem to be people who at least have a little bit of airdrop farming history, less of the second one. But that top buyer, you know, has sold a fair bit of Moonbirds in the past and has won a lot of bids on Blur. And the same thing's true with Doodles. I mean, Doodles did have Pranksy sweep 25. I think that Pranksy is not going to turn around and dump. But the number one buyer of Doodles, you know, bought 358. And he is a very well-established kind of pump and dump guy, airdrop farmer, someone who you kind of know through his track record doing this on Beans and Opepin. He's also along a lot of clones. Clones, probably is not going to hold for that much longer than a few weeks. Uh, so it does create a little bit of an overhang, but hopefully the good news can offset that there. Mid cap index basically flat, a bunch of strength in chimpers, weakness in degen tunes. Uh, one project to call out also is captains. It was down a little bit, nothing all that bad. They announced that they're going to be doing raids. Raids basically allow certain captains to attack other captains and try to steal their maps. And you could steal their map, but you also might lose your map. I think the community thought this was interesting, but not super bad. They, they didn't pump up the price on the back of it, perhaps thinking like people are going to start losing their maps. Maybe this isn't going to add value as much as we thought, even if it could be kind of fun. Who knows? Price is largely flat. So I think the meme land, uh, the meme land ecosystem remains healthy and steady. In terms of our projects, just over the past 24 hours, not a whole lot of volume. Uh, looking at some of the biggest trades over the weekend, a ringer sold for 26.5 ETH, definitely towards the low end of the range there. Uh, fuzzy Squiggle for 10.5 ETH. So an archetype for nine weath, and then a meridian for 5.75 weath. I think these are all kind of towards the low end of the range for these different assets. Again, I've talked about this kind of like a broken record. Seeing a lot of people reach for prices and get liquidity where they can on art blocks. Second story to talk about: Blur announces blend. You know, we've been waiting for this announcement for a long time, wanting to know what Blur's next move was. We got some of it. I think there's more to come later today. You probably know that by now, but we did get a bit of it, and it all revolves around lending. Here you can see. That They announced Blend, which is basically a peer-to-peer lending protocol for NFTs that's going to exist on Blur. They also said here, they're going to be doing two more huge announcements for new products going live today. I don't know what they are right now. You probably know because I record this a few hours before you get this, but we'll just talk about what we do now. Dan Robinson was the architect behind it. He works at Paradigm, I believe. Uh, and basically described this lending protocol that they're, that they're building. In some ways, it has some pieces from NFTFi. In some ways, it has some pieces from Bendow. And in some ways, it kind of has aspects that neither of them have, specifically the ability to trade the loans. I think that's like the really big piece that's going to be new to the market and that we're going to have to see what that looks like and how that plays out. There are going to be no expirations to loans. This is very similar to Bendow. You take the money and you basically have that money until you either decide to pay it back or until a liquidation occurs on the, in the case of Bendao, that liquidation is forced by an oracle. Basically, they say, you know, the floor price is too close to the amount of money you owe us, so we need to auction off your ape. Here, there's no oracle. It's just the lender can say, you know what, I don't feel comfortable with this, and he puts that loan for auction. Either someone else decides to take on that risk, or. The, or he gets the NFT uh, and, and basically the borrower gets liquidated uh, in that case. So those are kind of the two different cases. It's, it's quite similar. I think I think in that case, in that way, it's more similar to Dow than to NFT NFTFi. Uh, again, I said here, there will be a market for loans. So the idea that you can trade these loans, I think will make it different. That's a whole new marketplace. Like what are the interest rates going to be on different NFTs at different kind of loan to value ratios? It's just a whole new marketplace that's going to rise. And I'm not exactly sure what to expect from that. Uh, and then the other thing I said here is that loans appear to be collection based on NFT file. You can say, you know, I like that. Uh, I like that board ape that has gold fur and I'm willing to lend a lot of money against it. Whereas on Bendao, everything is basically priced similarly. You have things like Paraspace, which have kind of an in-between. Uh, but I think this is going to be more towards the Bendao side, uh, where it's basically prices are based on the collection as opposed to the groundless of the individual NFTs. Now what's new here? Uh, I think one of the biggest things that's new, and I think one of the most important things in any product, any user product, is that everything is now all on one platform. It's like when Amazon incorporates new aspects into their business that other people were doing, when Amazon does it, that just becomes a massive competitive threat because it's so much easier just to borrow and buy on Blur. Like, you know, if you don't, if you never consider borrowing money because you don't want to go to these other platforms, well, if Blur says very quickly, hey, you can buy this doodle for three ETH or you can buy it for one. 1.5, we will lend you the other 1.5. That becomes a much easier decision than taking it out, going to another platform and, lend, and getting the loan there. So I think we could see a lot more lending that happens. Secondly, as I imagine that Blur might be rewarded here. I don't know that for sure. You might know that right now. I have no idea. But you know, we, we, there are some announcements waiting to, to happen. But we have seen that when people get rewarded in Blur, it's a $2 billion market cap, it really influences behavior. So maybe there'll be some of that. We don't know. Third, I say here is that Blur is a great UI. I think that what Blur did was they came into the marketplace, created a totally new UI that really won over a lot of people. is different from X2Y2 and looks rare that basically just had a very similar marketplace to what OpenSea did. blurted something totally different. So it'd be interesting to see if they do the same thing on the lending side. And then also the idea that loans can be traded is obviously different. What's my take here? One is, I think we've seen pretty clearly that one, there is already a lot of lending in this ecosystem. I think we'll see more, but there is already a lot. And what it does is it creates volatility, both on the upside and the downside. On the upside, people can do more with their money if they're bullish on mutant apes they can buy more than they used to be able to and you see prices rise faster as prices go higher you can get more collateral they can get i mean they have higher collateral they can get more money against their nfts and they use that to buy more nfts so you can see much bigger spikes in the upside The the flip side though is the down moves are also much more volatile you know as things go lower more loans get liquidated and that's more for selling and we see faster moves to the downside so i imagine we'll see something similar here i also say here we have to see what happens with blur and and then the other piece is that we don't know what's happening with points yet. You know, so it, yeah, they said that double points will be over. Who knows who's going to get those points instead? But I continue to think, and I showed you earlier, that in every single project right now, there are a lot of holders who still are not long-term holders and who are looking for exit liquidity. So that is kind of an offset on the negative to the positive, which could be more liquidity that we see going forward. Very curious to see how this one plays out third story to talk about doodles two got launched on friday they said welcome to the studio the central hub and member home base and this is basically a place where doodles holders can go uh, to create new doodles through the wearables and the other goods that they've bought you know basically the wearables and and i think combine them with the og doodles that people own a bit of the the detail here they say that everything they ship in the future will be connected to the studio so this is something they have big plans for you create you take organic traits like the skin and hair and then you look for different wearables in the marketplace, finalize your look and then you can mint a new doodles too and put it on the blockchain. So combine all the different things, the different traits you've created, put them on the blockchain and we have seen wearables. I don't have the chart here. Maybe I'll show it to you tomorrow. But we have seen wearables. You know, the volume there on wearables actually on Gaia has actually been surprisingly high. Uh, so there has been interest in this and that's always fun to see. I wanted to I just pulled from the comments on Twitter a bunch of the different doodles too that people have created. These are not quite mintable yet, I believe, but people are still kind of going out and, and making them and experimenting with them and showing them. I think they're really cool. Kind of goes beyond the PFP to the full body, all different cool traits. So hats off to them for that. They also announced the Pharrell Pack where basically you know, there are going to be 300 Pharrell Packs which are going to include three wearables which you can put on your doodle, one redeemable and one beta pass. The redeemable is going to be redeemable for a real life good um, and every single one is going to have one. And there will also be 12 limited edition shoes that I believe are going to be sold to no one other uh, than they say friends and family but I believe that's probably Pharrell's friends as well as the 12 people who get them. So a whole lot going on here. Cool to see that. We did see, as I showed you earlier, that massive rally in Doodles from about 2.1 to 3 ETH on the back of this. First, you had Pranksy Sweep. Then you had you know, this farmer come in and buy 350 uh, and offload about 200 from another farmer. So interesting stuff going on there. Happy to see that happening with Doodles. Fourth story to talk about is 12-fold updates and other things from Yuga. This is an another. We'll start with 12-fold, then we'll talk a little bit about the Yuga announcement around their. CTO. Here is a tweet from Michael Figgy. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, but basically saying that there's a new update for 12fold. You know, remember when they first launched 12fold, uh, they said that it was just going to be uh, art and art was utility and there wasn't going to be more to it. Well, he took that back. He said, There are three things we're going to give you. First is the original pieces that were better for the blockchain are 1,000 by 1,000 pixels, but they've created new pieces which are 12,000 by 12,000 pixels. So just massive images. And they're also, and I think this is awesome, they're making print that are going to be made and they're going to be sent to the holders for free. They're finalizing the form factor on the frames right now. So that's pretty awesome to see. And then he said, a puzzles next. He said this a few times. We don't know what that means, but you can see in this image here, like these framed images are going to be pretty awesome and sent to every holder's house if they want one. In terms of sales, you know, the recent sales have been at 25 ETH, 20 ETH and 22.5 ETH. You know, so you know, a little bit lower, I think we're still pretty far below where that mint price was, uh, but we did see on the back of this announcement, one sale at 25 ETH, which was higher than the 20 ETH sales that we had seen before. The other thing I quickly wanted to mention was that uh, Yuga did announce that they had a new CTO. Here's Emperor Tomato Ketchup, who's saying, who was the CTO, who's basically introducing Mike Seavers, saying he's incredibly excited to have Mike Sievers, this new CTO on. Uh, Mike, Mike Seavers went onto LinkedIn. Maybe he's not super NFT native because went to LinkedIn, not Twitter, but basically said, so honored to be joining the incredibly talented team at Yuga under Daniel Alegre in a few weeks. Very excited about what they've built. And the exciting thing about him is that he comes from Epic Games. He was part of the team that built Fortnite uh, and really just has a massive track record in gaming. So I think this really ups the level of of tenure, of experience in the gaming space that Yuga is bringing on to move forward. So congrats to the team on that. And then lastly, let's talk about a few notable sales. The first is this honorary board ape, number seven, sold for 20 ETH. Now what are the honorary board apes? There were 34 honoraries, just like Nakamigos made honoraries. They made 35 no, 35 honoraries that they made and distributed before Board Ape Yacht Club was created. Some of them have had incredible sales, one as high as 200 ETH, you know, one for 75, 65, 50, these aren't the top, but you can see that they're kind of interesting look and feel that were made for interesting people. So pretty cool stuff, but they still continue to trade. 20 ETH, that's at the lower end of where they've traded, but congrats to the buyer, congrats to the seller on that. In one of one space, this piece, "Rope the Moon" by Jeremy Booth, sold for 8.98 ETH. You know, a pretty nice sale for Jeremy. Uh, as we know, Jeremy Booth is the creator behind Boots by Jeremy Booth, uh, which currently have a floor of 0.03 ETH, but there are over 6,000 of them. So overall, the market cap for that open edition is oh, is around 190 ETH, uh, well above where one of ones have sold. But if you look at the one of ones, I believe this was the second highest that he's had. You know, he's had them in in the four to four to five ETH range, also for eight ETH and then 12.1. Really cool, very iconic style. I think this Wild West theme is something that people romanticize, identify with. And you know it's just really nice to see Jeremy kind of as an up and coming artist continue to have nice sales. And then the last one to talk about this piece called Permanent Case of Brain Fog by Ben Zank sold for 6.9 ETH. Uh, Really nice sale for Ben. We talked about him just about a month ago when he had another one of one. I think this is at the low end of the range of where his one of ones have been. He sold this on Manifold, didn't on super rare but you can see he's had a bunch of sales in the double digits Uh, a little bit about him born in 1991 he's a new york city based artist and likes to work with and his work is a spontaneous reaction to his immediate environment and is used as a catalyst for expressing emotion when words fail i just think it's all really cool work love to check it out it's kind of just like a nice exploratory experience to see ben zang's work so cool to see the 6.9 e sale That is all from me today. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you find it helpful. If you do like it, give us a like below, subscribe to the channel, tell us what you think in the comments, and we'll be back tomorrow and every weekday with another show. Have a great day.